page 11, he's still on the throne.
many of you are glad he is still on the throne this morning? Amen. Grab your hymn books. Let's turn to page 63 in your blue hymn book. We'll sing both verses. Uh, I love this song. What a day that will be. Page 63. Let's stand and sing it like you mean it this morning. Let's sing together now. request please pray for sister connie uh thacker we had put out yesterday about the home going of brother steve uh we just got those arrangements i'll give them to you in a bit but please pray for sister connie if you we're not praying for brother steve anymore amen we know where he is but pray for connie if you would pray for brother ken this morning obviously he's not here i'm brother ken with lots of beauty sleep somebody say amen right there Pray for Pastor Ken this morning. He had a little bit of an eye injury at the outing yesterday. Uh, he'll be heading back up to Roanoke in just a little bit, back to the eye clinic there. Pray for him. Nothing serious, they don't think, uh, but please lift him up in prayer if you would. Remember services today. We're looking forward to God's presence. Uh, I always say if we're here, we need him here. Amen? Otherwise, we might as well shut the house and go back home, but let's pray for his presence. James, take us to the throne of grace. Let's pray together as my son leads us. Pray for us, son. Lord, we never take it for granted that you made us into your people. Father, we know that in the beginning when man sinned, you could have left us to our own devices. But Father, even then you showed your grace in coming to Adam and Eve and clothing them. Father, we thank you that every day we experience your grace to us and the benefits that we take for granted. 
And Father, we thank you even more for the ultimate gift that we have that gives us meaning and purpose in life, the sacrifice of your son. Father, we thank you that that sacrifice has not only given us purpose in this life, but has given us a, a new life, a new community, a new family. And Father, we pray that as we are gathered here, that, that we would cast our minds and our hearts and our whole beings on that sacrifice. Father, we pray that we would meditate on it and that we would worship him for who he is and for what he has done for us. Father, we pray that your spirit would come and make uh, his abode with us and that we would worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. Father, we pray for the songs, for the preaching of the word, that it would all be done to the honor and glory of your son. And Father, if someone is here and they have not bowed the knee to Christ in repentance and faith, we pray that the spirit would draw them to their cells and that they would come to be uh, made a member of your people. Father, we love you and we can never thank you enough. And it's through your son we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I love the words to this Kyla song. You pray as our choir sings. I hope it blesses your heart. Field of grace.
We'll do one more for you this morning. And man, I love this song. Aren't you glad the psalmist says he is our high tower? You listen as our choir sings.
Thank you, baby. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I've got several announcements I want to go through with you. Uh, first of all, I want to just say a huge thank you uh, to everybody for last week's Pastor Appreciation Service. It was a great Sunday, and I'm always so grateful, uh, uh, my family, for what you all do for us every year at Pastor Appreciation. I know you get tired of hearing me say it, uh, but I always like to say I get embarrassed by how good the church is to me, but I'm not so embarrassed that I want you to quit. Amen. Thank you so much for your kindness to my family. We love you all so much, and we appreciate. Last Sunday was a wonderful Sunday. Where's Brother Tim? Brother Tim told me he about passed out. He was so nervous. Tim, you did a good job, buddy. Amen. Thank you, man. <laughs> Let me give you some announcements this morning. A reminder, this coming Wednesday night is our first Wednesday night of the month. And always for the first Wednesday night for Awana, we do something special, something fun. Uh, last month, of course, uh, uh, we did uh, the college night, and we've done the different uh, outfits this coming Wednesday. We're doing Wacky Hair Night, uh, so uh, I can't wait to see what some of y'all come up with. Amen. So uh, we are looking forward to that. Uh, Brother Ken said he would give, again, $20 to everybody who comes in with Duke blue hair. Amen, not Carolina blue. I have to tell you, uh, on Friday... Uh, Renee and I were flying back. I was in, where was I? In Louisville. And uh, we got in very late Friday night, so we were starving. We stopped at one of the great Baptist restaurants. Everybody knows it and loves it. Waffle House, say amen right there. If you don't like Waffle House, you ain't right with God. Amen. We stopped at Waffle House. My kids call it Awful House. Because they ain't paying. Amen. But we stopped at Waffle House. It was about uh, 1230. Of course, you know I've been dieting for a year and a half, and there is nothing better than a carb-filled waffle at 1230 at night. Amen. So uh, we walked in, and there was a whole bunch of people there with Carolina stuff on. Of course, now we're in Raleigh. We're in Raleigh. And a whole bunch of people with Carolina stuff on. And the waitress was a huge Carolina fan. So everybody that was checking out, she would say, are you a Carolina or a Duke fan? And if they said Carolina, she would say, your meal is free. If they said Duke, she said, it's twice what it actually costs. Would you look at me? This preacher said Carolina. Amen. I didn't get a free meal. Anyway, <laughs> you keep that in mind for Wednesday night. We'll have a good time together. Uh, don't forget our Operation Christmas Child that we're working on for throughout the month of November. Uh, there'll be the packing party here at the church on Saturday. November the 23rd at 10 o'clock a.m. Shoeboxes are available in the back. Uh, James and Lydia and some of you others, when we, when we shake hands, bring some of the boxes, put them here, and put some of them out front as well, if you would. Some of you folks help out with that. Uh, let's make sure that we get those turned in. All the boxes are due by November the 24th. And, of course, our goal for 2019 is 219 boxes that SAGBC sends out. And we're still collecting the quarters in the medicine bottles. Those are at each entrance, and that helps, of course, with the costs of shipping this year's shoebox costs are $11, so please help us with that. And then I am so excited about November the 24th, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we honor our police officers here at SAGBC. Letters will go out this week, so we invite you to make sure you're here, we'll do a meal afterwards, and it is our chance to let our local police officers, Martinsville, Henry County, State, Patrick County, Franklin County, let them know how much we appreciate them, value their service to them and their families. Uh, and you hear me say this every year, uh, when people run to what we run from, we're going to thank them for their service. And so you help us out with that on uh, November the 24th. A reminder that uh, drama practice changes today. Everybody who's in our production, listen carefully. We meet at 2.30 today, and we practice all scenes, and we need everybody, that's all the 
kids, everybody who's participating, we'll be practicing as we do every year in November now. We'll be practicing all afternoon and evening, uh, so please help us out with that. I got to tell what your land, I got to tell you what Brother Roger told me this morning. Last Sunday night, wave your hand, Brother Roger. Everybody know who I'm talking about. Uh, last Sunday night, of course, we were having drama practice, and uh, Landon, where's Landon? Wave your hand, buddy. He's praying over the evening meal on Sunday evening. And he makes sure and says, God, you understand why we're not at church tonight. The preacher canceled it. It's not my fault. Amen. I love it, buddy. Amen. Amen. He can pray that prayer again tonight because we'll be here practicing again. So you please help us out. Everybody at 2.30, please help us out with that if you would. And our production information is in there. Next Sunday, I'll have our holiday schedule in there, letting you know what's going on during the month of December. Wonderful time of year, and so we're excited about what the Lord's doing. And then finally, uh, uh, don't forget the T-shirts that we're doing uh, uh, for the church this year. Those are due by today. We give you uh, a one-week extension. Uh, And all the proceeds of that also go to help out uh, with our shoebox shipment for Operation Christmas Child. So please make sure that gets turned in today. Money and orders to Mary Margaret or to uh, uh, Pam. So please keep that in mind if you would. All right, let's get all the youngsters heading down to Children's Church or Junior Church. Everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on, make your way this morning. If you're visiting, this is called our Penny March. They're going to collect any loose change you got. Take off, young people.
many of you uh, young married couples, you got to come to our marriage class one, one or more times? Raise your hand. All right. Uh, some of you may have seen last Sunday, uh, Victor and Christy announced that they were expecting baby number three. And I went up to, I was picking with Victor and Christy. I said, now, y'all know what's causing this, don't you? Christy looked at me and said, yeah, preacher, that marriage class. Yeah, man. <laughs> My eyes got big. She said, in fact, it's chapter number four that calls this. <laughs> so all I can say is you all better be skipping chapter number four. Yeah, man. All right, thank you so much. Fellas, come make your way down this morning. Let's be obedient unto the Lord. Brother Scott, you come get ready to sing for us. You give with his tithes and your offerings, and God will bless you for that, for your faithfulness to him. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless this morning. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've given us to be in your house. Lord, we sure don't take for granted the fact that church doors are open. We're here today to hear from heaven. And, Lord, I pray that already you've already shown yourself this morning. We are so grateful for that. So, Lord, bless Brother Scott as he sings the offering. Lord, I pray that you would just bless everything that happens, for we do it all in the name and the honor and the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Just know that I am grateful for through it all. 
Father, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you are an ever-present help in a time of need. There's never a moment, God, where you don't know what we need, and, Lord, that you don't supply what we need. You are a good God, Lord, and we praise you for that. We can never thank you enough. God, you've been good to us. Lord, I say all the time, it's not a surprise that we love you, but what's so amazing is that you love us. Lord, bless the service now in Christ's name. Page 397 in your hymn book, folks. We're going to sing my favorite hymn, first verse and the last verse, little as much. When God is in it, page 397, let's stand and sing together this morning.
tell Renee all the time if she don't quit playing, y'all going to be fellowship until July. As you're making your way back to your seat, give you two more prayer requests this morning. I know you have been, but continue to lift up Mary Margaret's father as we put out. Uh, he had another series of strokes, and uh, uh, he's back at Stanley Town, having been back at Martinsville Hospital. I had gone by to see him on Tuesday. In fact, Joe, you had just left when I walked in. And uh, you pray for Betsy, his wife, that's Mary Margaret's mom, and uh, the whole family. You understand what, what we're asking, so pray, pray if you would. And then pray for our missions offerings, fellas. You can make your way down this morning. You be obedient unto the Lord. First Sunday of the month is Mission Sunday here at SAGBC. And in addition, for those of you who are visiting with us, in addition to this offering, 14% of our tithes and offerings, everything that goes in, 14% goes back out to missions. So you be obedient unto the Lord. We're going to pray. Evan's going to sing for us, and then we'll get into the word. Lord, bless the offering this morning. Bless Evan as he sings. Lord, thank you for our missionaries, for the opportunity to support them. Thank you for the work that they do here in America and all over the world. Lord, we know that we have a small part in every soul that's led to the Lord uh, through the work of this mission's offering. And Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of the folks here at the church to bring this to fruition. Lord, bless our services now in Christ's name. Amen. of the church crowd I know the routine I could list the other Bible studies in town watch Christian TV I know all the preachers their cliches I've been born again and without a doubt I know I'm saved but sometimes I hurt Sometimes I cry Sometimes I can't get it right No matter how hard I seem to try Sometimes I fall down And stumble over my own disguise I try to look strong As the whole world looks on But sometimes alone I cry I try to speak faith Never give the devil one inch to get in I do worship and praise Let everybody know just where that I stand And on the back of my ride Is a fish and a cross for the world to see I know God is good all of the time Yes, there's no doubt for me but sometimes I hurt And sometimes I cry Sometimes I can't get it right No matter how hard I seem to try Sometimes I fall down And stumble over my own disguise I try to look strong As the whole world looks on But sometimes alone I cry Sometimes I fall down and stumble over 
try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes alone I cry. I try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes alone I cry. Amen. Well, I am absolutely delighted to announce, to introduce Brother Jerry Whitlow to you all. Most of you know Brother Jerry. I love him with all of my heart. Uh, nearly 19 years ago, amen, oh, I'm not done. <laughs> nearly 19 years ago, Brother Jerry called me and uh, 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 told me that he felt like the Lord had laid on his heart uh, for me to come and candidate for Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Uh, he was taken on another church. He'd pastored there for seven years. Uh, and uh, uh, invited me to come candidate, and of course the church voted. I will be forever in Brother Jerry's grateful debt for that recommendation. I love him dearly. <clears throat> Brother Jerry has gone on to pastor another church, then dean of a college, and is now in full-time uh, 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 missions work with the Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. They're going out to California. He's going to talk to you a little bit more about that. But I love this preacher dearly. Of course, his mom and dad been longtime members of our church. If you want to know what Brother Jerry's going to look like in 30 years, all you got to do is look at Doug Whitlow sitting right there in the back. Let Brother Jerry know you love him and appreciate him this morning. Come on, preacher. Thank you. Love you, preacher. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much, preacher. Thank you for letting me come. If you would take your Bible, go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, I want to welcome you to Benny Hinn Sunday. For those of you who don't know, today's the day we all can fall back. You'll get that in a little bit. You'll be sitting at lunch today going, I know what he's talking about now. Sometimes people don't understand when I speak, I was... I got in this morning about 3.30. I was in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Got in about 3.30 this morning and um, stopped to get me some coffee. And a lady come up to me and she said, uh, she said I, uh, can you help me? I said, well, I will if I can. She said, uh, can you tell me how I can get back to 2.20? I thought about it and then I said, well, have you tried eating salads? <laughs> And she didn't like my answer. I don't know what it was. So sometimes people don't understand me, you know. They, they just don't get what I say. I, I, or maybe I just don't understand them. I don't know what it is. But uh, I do believe you can smile at least once in church and get by with it, all right? And uh, I was going to tell you a mother-in-law joke, but I can't. <laughs> She's over here. And uh, I can't tell you anything about mom and dad because they're back there, so I'll, I'll be good the rest of the day, all right? And, uh, but I do want you to go by the table back there. We've got some prayer cards, and please get one. And I pray for my wife and I, and we have some brochures back there as well. Please pick one of these up. It tells you more about what we're going to be doing. And then if you don't have one of my books, I would love for you to get one of these. This is the only thing that I sell. And I wrote this book about a year ago. It's called Safe in the Arms of God. And it tells a story about what happens to children when they die. There's a lot of false stuff out there about children when they die. Uh, my wife and I went through a miscarriage one Christmas. I believe life begins at conception. So where is that little one? Now, I, have you ever heard somebody say, well, God needed another angel? Well, that's not true. And, uh, but the Bible gives you the answer. 
to what goes on when children die. My sister was diagnosed with leukemia at the age of two. She died at the age of three. What happened to her? She was never a church member. She was never baptized, never walked the aisle. But according to Scripture, she's safe in the arms of God. And so I take the Bible and go through that. So if you would be interested, uh, we do have that on the table. And then I'm helping a preacher get together another trip to Israel. If you would be interested in going to Israel, uh, we'll be doing that next year. And uh, that'll probably be my last trip going over there. But uh, I'm helping him, training him. Dr. Venable trained me. And now I'm training this preacher to uh, head up the trips. And if you'd be interested, we have uh, material back there for that. How many of you are familiar with Rock of Ages Ministries? Let me see your hands. Wonderful. How many of you know at least one Rock of Ages missionary? Wonderful. How many of you know a Rock of Ages missionary going to California? Other than me, that's all you probably know. Because there are none. The state of California has only one Rock of Ages missionary in the whole state, and he's a chaplain. His name is Brother Greg Root. He had a heart attack two weeks ago. So I want you to pray for him. There, are, there is no one traveling the state of California with Rock of Ages. There's over 239,000 incarcerated in that state. No one's given them the gospel. We, my wife and I will also be working with the homeless. There's over 130,000 homeless in California. Four of the top five sta uh, cities in America of homeless people are in California. And the highest percentage of homeless in California are veterans. And I believe if anyone should have a place to live, it should be a veteran. And so we want to reach them with the gospel. And so I want you to pray for us as we will be heading out there. And we're going to be training and teaching and trying to get churches on board out there. This is what's interesting. I have inmates sending me letters begging us to come. And so I want you to pray, Lord willing, next at the end of next year or the beginning of 2021, we will be headed to California, and I want you to pray for us while we do so. Hebrews chapter 11, if you've already turned there, I want to speak to you on this subject. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Now, if you back up two verses... In verse 38 of chapter 10, the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I don't know about you, but I want to please God. And if I'm going to please God, I must live by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently Seek Him. Yes, now in verse number 1, you're going to find the description of faith. Faith is the substance or the confidence or the ground of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right. Hey, I can have confidence in something I've never seen if I live by faith. Yeah. Now I've never seen the Lord, but I know He's real. Yeah. I have confidence in that. Hey, I've, got, I've got the ground to stand upon. You say, where do you get that? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I must live by faith. Uh, but I, I want you to notice 
not only the description of faith, but the definition of faith. What is it? Well, chapter 12, verse number 2 tells us that in three words, looking unto Jesus. Amen. That's what faith is. Faith is looking unto Jesus. So I, I, I may be just preaching to myself this morning. If so, that's okay. Let me have my time. But I, I want us to pray and I want to speak to you. Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Father, would you help us? Now, Lord, I need you this morning. Now, Lord, it's good to be with fellow believers. It's good to be in this church. Good to be with this wonderful preacher that I love so dearly. Good to be with mom and dad and my mother-in-law and family. But God, I need you. And so, Father, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Remove the words I should not say. Give me the words that I need to say. And may all this done be pleasing unto you. Save that one that's nearest hell. And Lord, I pray if there's one here that you're dealing with today about serving you full time, I pray that today would be the day that they would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, increase my faith. I want to give you three thoughts this morning. If you're in the habit of writing things down, you might want to write it down. It's just a very simple outline. And that is, if I am going to increase my faith, I must have these three things in my life. First of all, I must have the voice. Yeah. The voice. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, the Bible says this. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you heard the voice of God? Amen. Now, I meet people that, that they think they, they, they've heard God because they ate corned beef and had a dream last night, and that's not the way you meet God. When is the last time you heard the voice of God? I, I'm talking about you knew it was God speaking to you. Hey, not somebody, it was God speaking to you. Now, the Bible says try the spirits. But I'm talking about when was the last time God spoke to you? Let me tell you, he's going to do it in one of three ways, and sometimes he uses all three ways. Number one, he'll use the Spirit of God to speak Amen. to you. Yes, sir. The Spirit of God. And this is what I mean by that. There are times when, when you just know that you just know that God is speaking directly to you. You know it. I was uh, my wife and I were in California, and, and uh, I looked around, and, and God broke our hearts for the people there. And I looked at my wife and I said, every one of these are going to end up in one of two places. They're either going to end up in prison or they're going to end up dead. And everywhere we went, that's what we saw. And God began to break my heart for the people of California. Hey, I knew that was God speaking to me. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. But then I thought, God, if you want us to go to California, how am I going to be able to tell that to my wife? I've already took her to uh, Ohio, and now you want me to take her to California? you got to be kidding me. And uh, I, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to tell her. I don't even know how to tell her. God, you're going to have to do that. And so over a period of about eight months, I was praying, and I said, and, and it just wouldn't go away. And, and all the time, every day, it was go to California, go to California. I said, God, you're going to have to tell my wife. I, can't, I don't know how to tell her that. You're going to have to tell her that. About eight months later, she was in California. She calls me, and she's crying. 
And she said, Jerry, she said, I, I began to think about what you were saying. And, and she said, I saw something different out here this time. She said, she said, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the people. And she said, these people need the Lord. And, and she said, every one of these people are going to end up in one or two places. They're either going to end up dead or in prison. And I remember what you said. And, and she said, do you think God wants us to come out here? I said, Dreamer, I've been praying about that for about eight months now. And I said, I didn't know how to tell you. I said, I told God he's going to have to tell me. She said, well, I believe God's telling me we need to move to California. Can I tell you, there are times when the Spirit of God will speak to you and you know it's God. You say, well, how can you be so sure? Satan's not going to tell you to hand out a gospel tract. Satan's not going to tell you to go soul winning. He's not going to tell you to come to church. He's not going to tell you to read your Bible. He's not going to tell you to pray. But when God nudges you, you know exactly it's God speaking to you. There's some of you in here right now. God's speaking to you. And and he's nudging you. And you're just hanging on. You're just holding on. Just holding on. Because you don't want to do what God is telling you to do. Hey, number one, he will speak to you through the Spirit of God. But let me give you number two. He'll speak to you through the man of God. Oh, yes. Now, let me tell you something. There are times, now the Bible says, for mine eye affected mine heart. And, but let me say, your heart can also be deceived. And there's a difference between God calling you to do something and you just being brokenhearted over something. And so we began to ask God, now God, are you sure we're not just broken over this? Do you really want us to move to California, the land of fruits and nuts? I know I've heard all the jokes. And the place is going to drop off in the ocean. The place is going to burn to the ground. I, I've heard everything you can imagine. At the home of Nancy Pelosi, God help us. And uh, are you sure you want, to, you want us to go there? And we begin to pray and seek God. And, and I went to my pastor and I, I said, Preacher, I, I said, I want you to pray with us about this thing. And I, 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 I called up some friends of mine. First one I called up was Brother John Shelley. And I said, Brother Shelley, I said, all I want to know is, is there a need in California for someone to work in the prisons? I just want to know, is there a need? I began to share my heart with him. And this is what he said. He said, Brother Jerry, he said, you call Dr. Ellis right now. I said, I don't want to bother Dr. Ellis. I said, that's why I'm asking you. He said, you call Dr. Ellis right now. Click. That rascal hung up on me. And I thought, man. I know what I'll do. I'll call David Harrelson. He was another missionary that was out of our church, and, and I'll call him, and, and he's over South Carolina, and I called David Harrelson. I said, Brother Harrelson, I said, all I want to know is, if, is there a need for somebody to go to California and work in the prisons? And he said, Brother Jerry, you need to call Dr. Ellis right now. I said, I don't want to bother Dr. Ellis. He said, call him right now. Click. And that rascal hung up on me. And there's no way they could have talked to each other because I called them back to back. And I thought, God, I don't, I don't understand this. I called Dr. Ellis, and when I called Dr. Ellis, this is what he said. He said, Brother Whitlow, we've been praying for years for somebody to go to California. He said, we've been begging God for somebody to go to California. He said, the inmates are writing me letters weekly for somebody to come to California. The chaplains are asking for somebody to come to California. The wardens are asking for somebody to come to California. He said, there's 35 state prisons, not counting federal and military. You add them all together, you have over 50. He said, you can go there and preach as much as your body can stand. He said, they're begging for somebody to come. Isn't it amazing how God can use his men to help you? It's amazing. 
I went back and I shared that with my pastor and, and we were praying and during our mission conference, I don't know if this ever happens to you or not, but every message the preacher preached during the mission conference, he preached about me. I wanted to just stand up and say, okay, it's me, all right, it's just me. All right, everybody else go home, he's talking to me, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. That Sunday morning, I was on the platform and my pastor was standing beside of me and he leaned over and he said, I think you and I both know what you need to do. I said, yes, sir. That Sunday morning, Faith Promise Sunday, my wife and I surrendered to go to California. Can I tell you, it took the Spirit of God to talk to us. It took the man of God to talk to us. But can I tell you something? It takes the Word of God. Because you see, sometimes I've been misled by people. Hey, there have been times when I have been affected and I have been burdened by things, but it wasn't necessarily God. But can I tell you, what he gives you in this book will never return void. And I can promise you, when the dark times come, when the empty days come, when the trouble comes, can I tell you, we've got something we can fall back on. It's not going to be a dream. It's not going to be a vision. It's not going to be something somebody said, but it's going to be the very word of God. When's the last time God spoke to you? When's the last time God talked to you? Oh, I, I, I'm not talking about when's the last time you got that little funny feeling. And, and I'm not talking about the last, I'm talking about when's the last time God talked to you. I was taught this years ago, there's only two times a person needs to go to the altar. One is when God speaks to you, the other is when he does not. When's the last time God talked to you? Hey, I just believe that the child of God ought to hear the voice of his father. When's the last time? When's the last? My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Don't tell, you, don't tell me you're hearing from God and not following him. That's hypocrisy. You see, God has a plan for your life, just like he has a plan for my life. And the will of God is not way out there somewhere. The will of God is simply one step at a time. You see, many times I talk to young people and they're searching for the will of God and they're seeking the will of God and they're hunting for the will of God. Can I tell you, I wouldn't be where I'm at today had I not just been walking with God one step at a time. You say, well, why did you go to Ohio? Because I just walked with God one step at a time. Oh, by the way, had we not went to Ohio, my wife would be dead today. My wife went through breast cancer and colon cancer, and it was in the state of Ohio they found that. And we had a Christian doctor. And can I tell you that today my wife is four years cancer-free. To God be the glory. When's the last time God spoke? Hey, what if we did not listened? What if we'd have paid no attention to the voice of God? What if we just say, hey, hey, things are going well. I like it where I'm at. The church is going good. God, I'm content right here. Hey, my wife might be dead today. When's the last time God spoke to you? Number one, if I'm going to increase my faith, I must have the voice of God. Number two, I must have the venture of God. The venture. Did you know it's fun serving God? Man, it's exciting serving the Lord. James chapter 2, I, I got to read it to you. Verse number 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by my works. 
It is amazing what we get to do and God lets us in on it. Let me put it this way. I don't have to go to California. I get to go. Man, what a privilege to go and lead people to Jesus Christ. I've got to tell you this. I came in this morning and I was sitting there and I was telling mom, I said, I've got to tell you what happened to me the other day. If it's going to happen, hey, you're talking about the land of fruits and nuts. It's almost like I'm a squirrel. If there's a nut anywhere around, I find it. I mean, I'm attracted. I mean, they just, they just, they just come if there's a nut anywhere around. And we, I was in Parkersburg, West Virginia, and, and this was this past Thursday, and me and a gentleman in the church were going to go out soul winning. And so the pastor told me, he said, the area, he said, we're going to drop you off. And what we were doing, two of us would go down this side of the street, and two of us would go down that side of the street. And he said, now, I just want you to know, he said, the area you're going to be in is, well, he said, it's not a good area. He said, be careful. Hey, if a preacher tells you to be careful, it's a dangerous area. And so we were going through there, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was looking at the places, and I'm thinking, man, this, this is, we better be careful. And we went up to this house, and the house was just falling to pieces. I mean, it was tore all to pieces. And it had one of those ring doorbells. You know what I'm talking about? One where you can see on your cell phone? And I thought, that sure is a nice doorbell for such a bad house. <laughs> Somebody's watching us. And I told that gentleman that was with me, I said, well, they're already watching. Let's see what happens. I went up there and punched that doorbell, and it lighted up and everything. And, and I'm going, <laughs> you know. Nobody comes to the door. Well, we, we, uh, we leave there and go down a few more doors. It's about four or five doors down. I knocked on the door, and this man comes to the door, and he's mad. And he said, I almost shot you. And I said, for what? He said, you were messing around my house a few minutes ago. I said, I wasn't messing around your house. He said, yes, you was. He said, you were on my porch. And he said, I almost shot you. He, he said, I almost shot you right there. I said, you don't even have a gun. He said, well, I got a gun in here, and I almost shot you. And I said, well, I said, I just wanted to give you a gospel track. And so he took the track, and he said, you need to go on now. And I said, okay. So me and this gentleman walked off the porch, and I said, well, at least he got the gospel track. And the guy with me said, yeah, at least we didn't get a shot. Yeah, that's right. And so we're walking off, and, and we walked out to the road, and there was a lady there with, with her brother. The lady was about 19 years old, and she had a brother there. I don't know where they come from. But she was standing in the street. So I went out. We got to talking to her in a letter to Jesus Christ. She got saved right in front of that man's house. And so we were standing in the street. I've got my Bible out, and I'm reading to her. She's praying. I'm praying. The other guy's praying, you know. She gets saved. As soon as we finished, a downpour of rain came. I mean, just a downpour. And I said, I said, ma'am, you better go on wherever you're going. Don't you going to get wet? So she took off up the street that way. Me and this guy took off down the street that way. All of a sudden, the rain stopped. And out of the blue comes four police officers. And they raided that house where I had pushed that bell. And they arrested that guy that told me he was going to shoot me. I thought about going over and saying, you know, the police almost shot you. <laughs> They loaded him up. I wanted to stand there and go, bye. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But you know what? I mean, we get to see some interesting things. 
And the guys that were on the other side of the street, they said, you didn't see those police cars? I said, no. They said, they were in the cars watching you lead that lady to Jesus Christ. And they waited till you finished until they raided that home. Isn't that amazing? Hey, they could have come in and that lady never got saved. But I mean, God does some interesting things. We have a venture to serve God. My wife and I, when we go to California, people ask me, they say, what part of California are you going to? And I said, we're going to California. And they say, what city? And I said, California. Because there's 50 prisons in California. If we go and stay in one city, it's going to cost us about $350,000 to buy a house. An apartment out there, one room apartment runs you around $1,500 a month. And so we were praying about what to do and. And God gave us peace about living in a motorhome. And we can do it cheaper. We can travel. And we can be where we need to be. And God gave us peace about that. And we went on a family vacation. You may have heard about this. I don't know. We, we went on a family vacation to Sevierville and Pigeon Forge. My, fa- my wife loves Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And I'll be honest, we had looked at motorhomes and motorhomes till I'd got sick of it. If you've ever looked at cars about buying them, you know what I mean. After a while, you just get sick of it. But something caught my eye. When we were in Sevierville, there was a sign hanging up. It said, Home of the Lifetime Warranty. That got my attention. And so I stopped there and went inside. And I said, What is the Lifetime Warranty? And they said, Well, if you buy from us, they said, If your electrical, any of your electrical goes out, we replace it free. They said, if your air condition goes out, we replace it or give you a new one. If your refrigerator goes out, we replace it or give you a new one. You know, we, we do whatever we have to do. They said, anything that's electrical, we fix it for as long as you own it. I said, well, that's a good deal. Yeah. And so we left there and we began to pray. And that was back in the summer. And we left there and we began to pray about it and just ask God. And, we, and God gave us peace about buying from that company. Now, I didn't know what we were going to get. Didn't know what type we were going to get. All I knew is God, because God doesn't give you the whole picture. You remember when Abraham stepped out, he went to a land he didn't know where he was going. And he's just following God. And, and so God, okay, that's you want us to buy from this company. Okay, we'll do that. And so uh, uh, we also began to pray, when was my wife to leave her job? Now you've got to remember, May 20th, I stepped down as dean of students. My income stopped. Now, I found out something. If you go up to put fuel in your car and you stand there and go, Faith, it doesn't put the fuel in the car. You have to have money to put fuel in the car. And, and so we trusted God and, and, and we stepped out and, and God's provided every one of our needs. It's been amazing. And then we were praying and I said, Dream, I really want you with me and I really want you to be traveling with me and I, and I really believe it's about time that we step out and and she said, well, let me, let me get peace from God. Kind of like you were talking. We're in this thing as a team. And I said, you let me know when you've got peace. And, and I said, because I really want you with me. And, and so she called me one day. And, and, and she said, she said, Jerry, she said, God's given me peace. She said, I, she said, I went in and gave my notice. And it was amazing. That week, four churches took us on for support. And so she gave her notice, and she's, she's working out her notice now. She, she'll finish up the end of the year. And so now 
we begin to pray and we're, we're, we're asking God and we're saying, God, now you're going to have to supply this. I don't know how it's going to be done. You're going to have to do it, but you didn't tell me to figure it out. You see, this is what I've learned. We live by promises, not by explanations. God doesn't have to explain to you what's happening in your life. He's just promised you He will be with you for the task. And so we, we began to trust God and, and we began to step out. And, and it's amazing how one thing led after another. Hey, matter of fact, let me go over to Isaiah chapter 45 real quick, if I can get there. Isaiah chapter 45. And the Bible says this, and it's fascinating to me. Actually, in chapter 44, verse number 6, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. In verse number 8, Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God, I know not any. Chapter 45, verse 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else, and there is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse 22, look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Can I tell you, there's only one God, and he's the one I must trust. So I've got to put my faith and trust in him. Hey, I've already given my notice. Now my wife, I mean, I've already left, and my wife has now given her notice. I'm going to Oak Grove, Kentucky to preach, and... And I was going to preach there on a Sunday night, and I didn't have a place on Sunday morning. And, and I began to call, and I could not book a meeting anywhere in, in Kentucky. And so I, I began to think, and I thought, well, I'm going to be near Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I may call uh, Dr. Smith, his son Marlon, and Marlon and Dr. Smith and I, we've been friends for years. And I thought, well, I'll call Marlon and, and go up there and just, just go to church with him that Sunday. And I called him. He said, oh, Brother Jerry, come on up. And he said, you can go with me. And he said, we'll have a good time. I'll introduce you to my pastor. And, and so I did that. I drove to Murfreesboro, Tennessee on Saturday, spent the night. Sunday morning, I'm getting dressed. And, and, and Marlon calls me and he says, Brother Jerry, he said, I am so sorry. He said, I'm so sick, I can't get out of bed. And he said, I am so sorry. He said, but Daddy's home. And, and he said, Daddy wants you to go to church with him. And that's Dr. Shelton Smith, editor of the Sword of the Lord. And uh, he said, Daddy wants you to go to church with him. And I said, okay. So I went over and I went to church with his dad. And, and I was sitting there with Dr. Smith and, and uh, doing the church service. And he said, let's go out to eat. And I said, okay. So we went out to lunch. I'm not going to turn that down. And we went out to eat. And he said, now tell me about this ministry in California. And I began to tell him what we'd be doing and, and uh, how that right now there's no one out there doing any of this stuff. And I needed his prayers. And, he said, now you're going to have to live on the road. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're going to need a motor home. I said, yes, sir. And uh, uh, we began to talk about it. He said, now, he said, I've got this. He said, I met a man, he said, about two years ago that sells RVs. And he said, I think I still got his number in my, in my phone. He said, he said, won't you call him? I said, I'll be honest with you, Dr. Smith. I said, I said, we were in Sevierville, Tennessee, and we found a place that we really have peace about it. And... Uh, uh, I said, I really think that that's where God uh, wants us to buy from. He said, well, it's not going to hurt to call this guy, is it? And I said, well, no, I don't guess we will. And uh, so he said, well, he said, let me get the number. So he gave me the number. And I didn't think about it the rest of the weekend. I drove back home. I was back home on Monday or Tuesday. And I thought, well, I guess I'll call this guy. And so I called this guy up, and I began to talk to him, found out he was a saved man. I talked to him a little longer, found out he was an independent, fundamental King James Baptist man. And so we began to talk a little while, and, 
And uh, he said, well, he said, I just want you to know something, preacher. He said, uh, he, said, uh, he, he said, my place of business is the only one that has a lifetime warranty. <laughs> I said, well, I know that's not right. I said, I, I said, where are you located? He said, Johnson City, Tennessee. And I'm like, I got you now. I said, I was in Sevierville, Tennessee. And I said, there's a place in Sevierville, Tennessee, home of the lifetime warranty. And I began to go through that. And I said, God touched our heart. And God showed me that that's where we need to buy. And I'm just calling as a, just as a courtesy call of Dr. Smith. And all of a sudden, he said, well, praise God, I own that place. <laughs> I said, you're kidding me. He said, yeah, he said, I own that one and four more just like it. He said, isn't it amazing how God works? Boy, I, I, I didn't even know what to say. And, I, and he said, now listen, he said, I, I'm going to send you some pictures of motorhomes. And he said, I want you to look at it and, and tell me if your wife would be okay with it. And he began to recommend some things. And, and so he sent me some pictures and he called me back and he said, what do you think? And I said, I think too expensive. <laughs> I said, I can't afford that. He said, I didn't tell you to look at the price. I told you to look at the picture. I said, yeah, but underneath that picture is the price. And I said, we can't afford that. He said, well, he said, your responsibility is to go to the mission field and preach. My responsibility is to help you get there. He said, I'll sell it to you at cost with no markup whatsoever. He said, whatever it costs me to pull it on the lots, what I'll sell it to you for. I said, I, I, I don't even know what to say. He said, well, why don't you just say praise the Lord? I said, okay. I said, but I don't know what to do about this down payment. And so we began to talk about the down payment, and we, we thought the down payment was going to be a lot lower than what it is. And, and to make a long story short, God has provided everything with the exception of $2,000 for me to make the down payment. In four weeks. In four weeks. Uh, my wife and I have stood back and said, I, I can't believe this. He said, you do realize you have to get this before your wife leaves her job. He said, because banks won't give you a loan, he said, if your wife's not working. He said, you've got to get this before you sell your house because you, you, you've got to have something to show that you own. And he began to go through all these different things. And, and he said, oh, by the way, he said, do you think God put all this together just so it won't happen? I said, are you sure you're not a preacher? <laughs> Oh, by the way, let me tell you what the Bible says. Jesus said, I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. He said, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. In other words, God's saying, hey, if you will go my way, I'll get anything that's in your way, out of your way, as long as you go my way. Hey, is God speaking to you? What is God telling you to do? He said, look, I'm going to go before you. I'll get it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it. Hey, it's going to cost you something to go this way. 
but I have the money in the treasury. I'll take care of the cost. And if you didn't catch it, did you hear the last part of that? When he said, I am the Lord which call thee by thy name. Have you ever thought this, that there's a God in heaven, the very God that created this universe? The very God that spoke the world into existence. The very God that, that formed man of the dust of the ground. The very God that breathed into man the nostrils, the breath of life. The, the very God that sent his son Jesus. The very God that had his son to come and die on the cross for you. The very God whose son came and he died, was buried and rose again. And he's gone to prepare a place for us and he's getting ready to come back. That God wants to talk to you. But are you listening? Are you listening? Hey, when is the last time you heard God speak? And then you stepped out in that venture that God gave you to perform. Isn't it amazing? We'll trust God to get us to heaven, but we won't trust him to get us through the week. When's the last time? You say, yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through. Last time I checked, God's not on nerve medication. Hey, he's not standing back saying, oh, my. Hey, can I tell you, two different times I've had the privilege to meet the president. But can I tell you, if you go up right now and ask him my name, he'll say, I don't have a clue who that is. But there's a God in heaven that knows my name. That God knows your name. And he wants to talk to you. And he wants to speak to you. You might be here this morning and you might be like that young lady the other day that that did not know Jesus as her Savior. Can I tell you that God wants to speak to you and save you this morning, but you've got to hear that voice. You might be in here and God wants you to join this church. Hey, how do you know when to join the church if God don't speak to you? You know why people hop churches so much? Because they don't hear God speaking. God will tell you where to go to church. Oh, by the way, God will tell you when it's time to to do different things in your life. God's going to tell you when it's time to step out. And God is still calling people to the mission field, but many are not listening to the voice. Oh, by the way, I heard something good the other day. You know, often we say, is God calling you to the mission field? I heard this statement, is God calling you not to go? Because the Bible has already commanded us to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We already have a command to go. So that means if we don't go, God has to be telling us not to. What's God telling you to do? Are you hearing his voice? Hey, let me ask you, are you enjoying and stepping out in the venture? But I also want to give you this. In order to increase my faith, I must recognize the value. I'll be honest, this is probably the, one of the hardest things. I, I did not understand this verse at all until recently. It didn't make sense to me. Matter of fact, I want you to notice two different references. Luke chapter 12, would you go there please? Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse number 34. Jesus said this, he said, 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know why some people can't serve God today? Because they've got some treasure down here. What's your treasure? What's your treasure? For some people, their treasure is finances. Some people, that's, that's their treasure. Did you know there are people out there that, man, when it comes to a motorhome, they could, they could write a check for the whole thing. Some people are blessed that way. Oh, by the way, if you know them, give them my name, please. I, but I'm saying there are people that can do that type of thing. But they think by hanging on to that money, they're going to really do something one day. Can I tell you something? When you die, you're leaving every bit of that right here. All that's going to matter is what you've done in heaven. But I mean, people today, they'll, they'll do everything. When they did that drug bust, that was all about money. That's what that was all about. Is finances your treasure? Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never really had a problem with that because I never really had any. So that's really not been a problem to leave finances. If you don't have it, you don't have to worry about it. But see, sometimes the treasure might be family. Family. I want you to take your Bible and go with me to Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. And this is a verse that I did not understand until recently. The Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, He said, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. What does he mean by that? Well, you see, it's amazing to me that the God of this universe, the God who created man, the God who breathed into uh, his nostrils the breath of life, man became a living soul, the very God that sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for me, the very God that said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, the very God that said, he's going to supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, the God that takes care of me day after day after day, the very God that called us to go to California, that same God said, but you got to leave your grandbaby in Ohio. How in the world can you go to Ohio and your grandbaby, I mean, how can you go to California and your grandbaby stay in Ohio? Don't you love your grandbaby? I sure do. But I love God more. Where's your treasure? You know why some won't step out? Because of family. Hey, I've got to leave that grandbaby in Ohio. I've got to leave my daughter in Ohio. I've got to leave my son in Ohio. I've got to leave my son-in-law where well, he don't count anyway. And, and, and I've got, I got to leave them in Ohio. Mom and dad sitting back here. And my mother-in-law's over here. And, and can I tell you, that's not always an easy thing. But can I tell you, when you love God, you'll do what he asks you to do. Don't tell me that you listen to God and not do what he says. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then feed my sheep. 
Peter, do you love me? Oh, you know I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, God, I love you. Feed my sheep. Let me ask you, what's God asking you to do this morning? What's God asking you to do? You say, well, I, I'm really not sure. Well, he'll speak to you through his spirit, his man, and his word. He's telling you something. He's telling you something. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to step out and do what he said? You say, well, I'm afraid what somebody might say. You need to get over that stuff. And I tell you that people are going to talk about you no matter what you do. And oh, by the way, if they're talking about me, they're leaving you alone. You know? What is God telling you to do? Are you willing to step out and do it? Or if not, what are you hanging on to that means more to you than God? Amen. Let's stand for prayer, shall we please? Father, we love you. Lord, I pray that I did what you would have me to do. I tried to do my best. Lord, I realize I can't do anything on my own without your spirit and your power. But Lord, this is the most important time. We've had good singing. We've had a sweet spirit. And your word tells us that it will not return void. God, there might be one here that's lost. They need to be saved today. Might be one you're speaking to that Maybe you have some things you want them to do, but they've been hanging on and holding on, afraid to do it. Now, Father, I pray now, may we let go and let God have his way. In Jesus' name. Preacher, you come. Take the service, would you, sir? Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to ask Brother Scott to sing a verse for us this morning. God spoke to you about anything whatsoever something he wants you to do or somebody he knows uh, that needs to be saved and you're praying for them I want you to step out folks have already stepped out you come on right now heads bowed and eyes closed you come on brothers Scott you sing us a verse this morning folks are moving from all directions you come on I can hear, I can hear my, my Savior, Savior calling hear me and I can hear I can hear my Savior, my Savior
visiting our church for weeks and weeks now. Met with them last week, and they told me they believe God is leading him to join up at SAGBC. This is brother and sister Hot Sock. Heart Sock. Did I say it right? I bet I'm not the first one that's butchered that, am I? Both been saved and baptized. We'll do this officially all in favor. If you'll say aye. Any opposed? Here's what we're going to do. Y'all stand right here. I want you all to come around this way and extend to them to the right hand of fellowship. Brother, Where's Brother Jerry? Brother Jerry's at the back. I've got a, a bucket back on his back table. I want you to go by and shake his hand. Let him know you appreciate the work he's doing. And in fact, I think it's time for us to take on our 73rd missionary here at SAGBC. So we'll make this official as well. If someone would make a motion that we accept, I saw Brother John, I saw Brother Shane. All in favor, if you'll say aye. Any opposed? We'll take on Brother Jerry immediately as our 73rd missionary. Uh, I want you to go back, shake his hand, and if you've got a little money, you can drop in that bucket to help him as he's on the road trying to get to California. You do that. Brother Joe, come here, preacher. I love you, buddy. This is Brother Joe Grafley. I love, love, love this man. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. I'm getting ready to announce it. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Joe to dismiss us in prayer. I had the great privilege of working with this preacher for so many years. One of the, fine, <clears throat> one of the finest Christian men I know. And he loves the Lord, and I believe the Lord speaks through him. And I always ask him to pray for me. I'm going to ask you to dismiss us in prayer. I'll give you the mic. Visitation for Brother Steve Thacker, Tuesday, 2 o'clock. Uh, at Rose Lawn Funeral is at 3 o'clock. I'll put this out on our call service as well, both of those at Rose Lawn. Step up here, Brother Joe. I'm going to give you this mic. I want you to dismiss us in prayer. Pray for us. I love you, preacher. God bless everybody. Pray that you have taken the message that was preached to all of us. Faith is one thing. I'm getting ready to pray. It's one thing to have faith. We all got it. But it's another thing to trust God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Your trust is the action part of your faith. Let us bow our heads. Most holy, all wise and eternal God, it's once again that you've given us this wonderful privilege of coming before your throne of mercy and of grace and we do so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we stand here Lord to say thank you for everything that you've allowed in our lives how you've so faithfully watched over us and cared for us we say thank you thank you for the word that was given to us today to encourage our very souls I thank you, Lord God. Thank you for amazing grace. Who's standing here as a beacon, Lord God, to men, women, and children everywhere that's saying, come into the house and be safe. Come into the house and be saved. Come into the house and be healed, delivered, and set free. 
we pray, Lord, now for these people who have gathered before us, that you would bless each and every one of them. You know their needs. You know their wants. You know their desires. As you see, Lord, in your will, bless them accordingly. And, Lord, I ask that you would bless this pastor, the angel of this house, that you would continue to endow him with your strength, your wisdom, Lord, and your power, that he might lead your people on to victory. Now, my God, I pray that you would dismiss us. And before I close, Lord, to the preacher who is now going on his missionary journey, going on his Pauline journey, Lord, provide for him. Sustain him in his hour of need. Continue to bless he and those who are with him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, dismiss us from this service. But do keep us in your divine, tender, loving care. This we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all over the house, the people said. When I get to heaven, I'm going to preach just like that. Y'all are dismissed. Come fellowship with brother and sister Hotsock and shake hands with brother Jerry this morning. <laughs>